Heavenly Father, we praise you as a God who is not deaf or dumb, but you're a God who hears our prayers even now, and you're a God who speaks, and you have spoken by your word which is before us now. Lord, we know that you also use people like myself to help us to understand your word by your Holy Spirit, and so, Lord, we pray for your blessing upon my mouth even now. As I speak about the son's birth so many years ago, and the ramifications that that has for us today. Oh, Lord, we pray that you would use me to be of great blessing to the people who are gathered here to know more about Jesus Christ. And we pray this in his name. Amen. Well, we'll be looking at Luke chapter 1 this morning, and so I encourage you to have that open before you. So if you've got a Black Church Bible, that's page 1000. Uh, and 13 of the Black Church Bibles, page 1013. And we'll be looking at this angel who comes to Mary, uh, the Virgin Mary, and the message that he has for her. Because this angel appears and speaks to her and has a very important message for her from the Lord, from God himself. We read in verse 28 that the angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favoured, the Lord is with you. This angel comes to this young girl and says, You uh, you who are highly favoured, the Lord is with you. And her reaction is one of trouble. She is uh, a bit perplexed as to what is going on, which I'm sure you would be if the angel Gabriel visited you as well. And so we read in verse 29, Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. The angel has a word of comfort for her and then tells her what is going on. Verse 30, we read, but the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. Do not be afraid. You have found favor with God. So I haven't come in war. No, I've come in peace because you have found favor with God. You have no need to be afraid. And then he has this extraordinary news for her. Verse 31, you'll be with child and give birth to a son. And you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary is to have a son and his name will be Jesus. But what will Jesus be like? Well, the text tells us that the angel says that he will be great in verse 32. He will be great. Now, in one sense, people say, oh, that's not a big deal because every child is great. Every baby is great. Uh, We're thankful for every child that comes into the world and every mother thinks that their child is the greatest. And it's interesting to see as parents, uh, once you become a parent, how you do compare your child to others and you always think yours are the best uh, very easily in comparison to others. So is it really that remarkable that he says your child will be great? Well, it's what will happen to that child that will set apart that child from all other children that have been born. What is it about this child that makes him so great? Well, we keep reading in verse 32. It says, he will be great and will be called the son of the most high. He will be the son of God and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. Why is this baby going to be so great? 
Well, he's going to inherit a kingdom that will never end. Now, Jesus, by being born of Mary, is of already, he's already of royal blood. He is part of the royal line that stems right back to King David and goes back to Judah as well, whose uh, kings would come from. And that's why it says there in verse 32, the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. David was a king, uh, the king of Israel in the Old Testament. And Jesus, coming from Mary, will be descended from David. But he's not just going to have royal blood and then not have a kingdom. No, he will be given a kingdom. He will reign over the house of Jacob, that's the house of Israel, the Jews, forever. And his kingdom will never end. His kingdom will never end, which means he'll be an extraordinary king. He will indeed be great. He won't be just any king. He won't just have royal blood. He won't just have a throne, but he will have a throne that never ends. He will be on that throne forever. And so this is extraordinary news that is given to Mary. If it was that she was visited by an angel in itself, that would be extraordinary. But it's not just the fact that she is visited by the angel Gabriel. It is the fact that she is told that she will have a son who is royal and will have a throne that will go on for all of eternity. Now imagine the security that that would give to you if you were Mary. Imagine being told that you're going to have a son and he's going to be the king And his kingdom will never end. He will reign over all nations one day. And so you'll be connected to him in a very intimate way. That would give you great assurance to know that you have been chosen by God to bear this child who will one day be raised up to be king over all things. This would be wonderful news for Mary. It means that she will be very close to the king of kings, the one who reigns supreme. And Mary saw that child grow up and do extraordinary things, do many miracles, teach many people who gathered around him. Crowds and crowds of people came to hear her son preach and teach about God. Then she saw him die on a cross and would have torn her heart to see the one who she was told would be king one day to be there on the cross. But she also saw his resurrection, that he came back to life and that he ascended and reigned supreme even then so many years ago. Jesus wasn't just prophesied that he would be king and then it was a false prophecy. No, he did indeed take the throne. And the Apostle John saw Jesus reigning even in his day in heaven itself. Jesus, after he died, he appeared many times. uh, After his resurrection, he appeared many times over a period of 40 days, then was taken up into heaven and has been reigning there ever since. And the Apostle John saw him reigning in heaven. And I'd like you to turn with me now to what the Apostle John saw, and it's found in Revelation chapter 1. Revelation chapter 1, which is found on page 1215. I encourage you, if you've got a black church Bible, turn with me now to Revelation chapter 1, on page 1,215. 1,215. Revelation chapter 1. And I'll read from verse 9. So that's little number 9. Revelation chapter 1, 
verse 9, where the Apostle John says, I, John, your brother and companion in the suffering and kingdom and patient endurance that are ours in Jesus, was on the island of Patmos because of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. So he's actually in prison there, John, on the island of Patmos. But what's happening to him there? It says in verse 10, On the Lord's day I was in the Spirit, And I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet, which said, Write on a scroll what you see and send it to the seven churches, to Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamum, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. So here's this voice. And what does he do? Verse 12 says, I, that's the Apostle John, turned around to see the voice that was speaking to me. And when I turned, I saw seven golden lampstands, and among the lampstands was one was someone like a son of man, dressed in a robe, reaching down to his feet, and with a golden sash around his chest. Uh, the lion son of man there, Jesus often used to refer to himself. This is Jesus himself that he is seeing. Verse 14, the apostle John says, His head and hair were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were like blazing fire. His feet were like bronze glowing in a furnace, and his voice was like the sound of rushing waters. In his right hand he held seven stars, and out of his mouth came a sharp double-edged sword. His face was like the sun shining in all its brilliance. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. Then he placed his right hand on me and said, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I was dead. And behold, I am alive forever and ever, and I hold the keys of death and Hades. And then it goes on with the words of Jesus uh, to the churches. And then, of course, the Apostle John sees more and more of heaven itself and what is happening there and the end times. If you want uh, to study the book of Revelation this afternoon, I would commend it to you. You won't understand everything you read. I don't understand everything I read in Revelation yet either. But I do understand that there are many visions shown there of Jesus reigning as king, as was prophesied by the angel Gabriel years earlier and millennia ago for us today. So this is all very nice for Mary, isn't it? That she is related to this king of kings, this one who reigns in heaven, who has a kingdom that will never end. But what about you? You're not Mary. You haven't been visited by the angel Gabriel. At least I don't think you have. I'm sure if you had, you probably would have told me. You haven't been visited by Gabriel and you haven't been given the honour of giving birth to Jesus Christ. As a woman, you can't because he's already been born and died and resurrected and taken into heaven. And as a man, you never had the opportunity at all to have, give birth to the Son of God. And so no one will be painting your picture as Madonna and child. It's interesting if you visit art galleries how often you see paintings of Mary and Jesus. I've just visited the Dutch masters at the art gallery, uh, New South Wales Art Gallery. They've got Rembrandt there at the moment. And of course, in amongst them, there has to be a Madonna and baby Jesus. I'll talk to you at the door if you're interested more about what I thought of this particular one that's there at the New South Wales Art Gallery. But no one will be painting your picture as a Madonna and the baby Jesus. And so it's sad not to be royalty with Jesus Christ. Sad not to be royalty altogether. Sometimes I dream about what it'd be like to be part of the English royal family. 
But it's nothing more than a daydream. What it would be like to have all those castles, to have all that money, to have all those servants around you, and the food that you'd be able to eat. And they'd just bring it to you. You'd ask for it, and they'd come. The butlers. I've always liked the idea of having a butler. But it's just a daydream that passes very quickly. And if you're a a girl and you're hoping to marry Prince Harry and get into the royal family, well, that ship has sailed, it looks like. Uh, He's engaged now and will be married uh, very shortly. So to be part of the royal family, the English royal family, it's a daydream. And it bursts and you get back on with life. But can you ever have a connection to Jesus, the king who reigns forever? Can you ever be part of his family? Particularly if you aren't a Jew. You're not even part of his nation. You're not part of the kingdom of Israel in any shape or form. You're not part of the house of Jacob. Well, The Bible actually tells you you can be connected to King Jesus. Yes, you haven't had the privilege that Mary had of giving birth to Jesus. But the Bible is very clear that you can be actually adopted into Christ's family. You can be adopted into the royal family of God. You can have the privilege of being a brother or sister to King Jesus. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 11 tells us that Jesus is not ashamed to call his people brothers. He is not ashamed to call Christians brothers, not servants, Brothers, Jesus actually calls those who come to him and are part of his kingdom brothers. But how can you be a brother of Christ, the king of an everlasting kingdom? Well, the Bible tells us that it is by repentance and faith. It is by recognising that you're a sinner and turning from your sin, being sorry for your sins and turning from them and trusting that Jesus Christ died for you, that the sin that you have indeed committed is taken by him at the cross. The penalty that you deserve to be cast out of God's presence forever is put upon Jesus and he was cast from God's presence for a time at the cross in your place so that then you can actually be added to his family, not be cast away from God altogether, not just be brought back as a servant in his kingdom, but actually be part of God's family with Jesus as the king who is your brother. If you come to God in repentance and faith now, you immediately, immediately are related to the king who reigns over all things. In some ways, that seems a lot easier than the way that Mary became related to Jesus. She had to give birth to him, and that is a painful experience from what I can gather. I've witnessed it twice. Um, It doesn't look like a walk in the park. My wife was very brave and endured it quite well, but it's not an easy thing. Mary had to do much more then simply repent and believe in Jesus Christ. It looks far easier to become part of the royal family simply by repentance and faith. But in one sense, it's actually harder. It's very hard to humble yourself before God and to say, I am a sinner and I turn from my sins 
I can't make up for my sins. I need Jesus Christ to die for me. In one sense, it'd be far easier to give birth to Jesus and be connected with him in that way than it would be to humble yourself and say, I am sorry for my sins. I need you, Jesus Christ, to forgive me. Because our pride gets in the way and we don't want to do it. We don't want to admit we're sinners and in need of a saviour. But if you become part of Christ's royal family, there is no greater joy. It is wonderful to know Jesus Christ as a brother, to know that the King of Kings is your brother and he reigns in a kingdom that goes on and on forever that you will rejoice with the royal family in heaven for all of eternity, with Jesus there and feasting that goes on in a place where there is no pain, there is no death, there is no crying, there's no mourning, there's no suffering. That is the home that you will go to one day, not a castle in England somewhere that may be a bit drafty. You will go to heaven itself and be with the royal family and celebrate around the throne of your brother forever. That is a joy that surpasses all joys and that is a joy that will never end. It's interesting how some of the joys in this world, they do come to a conclusion. Even the joy of Christmas There's so much anticipation in our house for Christmas each year now. As we have young children, we get excited. We get the Advent calendars out. We get, we've got two Advent calendars, one for each child at the moment, uh, and they alternate between them. And so we're, we're counting down for Christmas. There's so much joy and anticipation of the tree and the decorations and the presents. Then Christmas comes and you spend time with family. You eat. Lots of food, you open the presents that you've anticipated, and then Christmas ends. And it's not long before you're back at school, you're back at work, and you go back to your life. Christmas is a joy, but it does come to an end. For some mums, I think it's with a bit of relief. They get a bit exhausted over the Christmas period, and they're kind of glad when it's all over. But for many of us, me included, I'm still a child at heart when it comes to Christmas. It's a bit sad when it ends. But the joy of heaven never ends. It continues for eternity. Christ never is removed from his throne. And we are never removed from heaven. We rejoice with him for all eternity. And so the joy of heaven can be experienced even now. The joy of having Jesus as your king brother can be experienced now. I've been I've experienced some of that joy now. Yes, we're still in a sinful world. We still have tragedies around us. We still have pains and sufferings. But there is a joy that you can experience as a Christian, knowing that you're part of the royal family, the royal family, not the royal family of England, the royal family, the one that goes on for all of eternity. And I know that many in this room have also experienced the joy of being part of the royal family. And I encourage you, if you want to know whether there is indeed a joy in being a Christian, stay for our Christmas lunch and ask some people around the table, is there any greater joy than being a Christian, than being part of Christ's royal family? And see what they have to say. 
Because that's why I'm preaching here this morning. Is because of that joy that I have known and that joy that I want you to know as well. I want you, everyone in this room, to be part of my family. And not just my family, my royal family. You can also be related to King Jesus this morning if you will simply come by repentance and faith to Jesus Christ. I encourage you now, come to Christ by faith and he will not be ashamed to call you a brother and sister. Even as he reigns supreme, the throne in heaven right now, he is not ashamed to call any of you a brother or sister and part of his family if you come to him now. And if you are a Christian and you're here this morning, remember you have no cause to be ashamed of Jesus Christ. It seems like we're living in a society here in Australia that is getting increasingly hostile towards Christianity. As we come into a Christmas season, once again, we see that some people are very angry about any displays of Christmas, any displays of Christianity in their society. And so it's easy to start to get a bit afraid, get a bit down about being a Christian. But you must remember that your brother is the king. He is the king. He is the one who is the king of kings. And he is reigning even now over an everlasting kingdom. It's hard for us to imagine a kingdom that would never end. When we, here with our Australian government, seem to, it's getting hard to imagine a prime minister that can last from one election to the next. Hard to imagine the Australian government continuing forever. So it's hard then for us to imagine Christ's kingdom continuing forever, but it will. The angel Gabriel said so many years ago, and what he said about Jesus Christ has indeed happened, that he has become king, and so the other part about him reigning forever will indeed happen. So as a Christian, take heart. This day, the 3rd of December, 2018, Christ is on his throne, and you are part of his royal family. It is wonderful news. And so there's no reason to be ashamed. There's no reason to be downhearted. There is every reason to rejoice and celebrate once more that Jesus Christ was born of Mary and that one day we will go and be with him and gather around the throne with the rest of the royal family as princes and princesses in the kingdom of God, with Jesus the King as our brother, and be able to rejoice with him forevermore. Let's come to God in prayer. Let's speak with him now. <laughs> Heavenly Father, we thank you for sending your Son into this world and giving him a kingdom that never ends. Thank you that we can be part of your royal family with Jesus as our brother, with the King as our brother. Lord, we must confess that we are sinners and we do not deserve to be part of your family. We deserve to be cast out of your presence for eternity. But instead, you adopt us into your family. Lord, help us to trust Christ for the forgiveness of sins. And help us to rejoice now and forevermore as princes and princesses in the kingdom of God, which knows no end. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.